Chapter 8 Heidi rushed to deliver all the flowers, pushing the cart so quickly from room to room that she nearly ran into a nurse and two doctors. She didn't waste any time chatting with the patients, not even when she had a delivery to make in Mr. Dean's room. Flowers for you, she announced briskly, plopping a basket of bright carnations on, on his bedside table. Well, hello, young lady, the man in the bed greeted her cheerfully. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you before. Are you a friend of Michael's? Yes, sir, answered Heidi. She glanced at the clock on the wall. Two minutes before four o'clock. Have a nice day, she told Dr. Dean, leaving quickly before he could say anything else to delay her. You too, he heard Miss Dr. Dean's pleasant voice calling out behind her. Heidi rushed back down the hall toward Mrs. Higgins' room. She pushed through the door only to find the bed empty. Mrs. Higgins was nowhere to be seen. She'll be right back, Heidi thought to herself. I'll just turn the television on and have it all ready for her when she gets here. She quickly found the right channel and plopped down in the chair next to the empty bed. Immediately, she became lost in the drama. Jarrett, oh, Jarrett, I lied to you. You don't understand how difficult this is for me. Heidi gasped and sat forward on the edge of her chair, her face reflecting the shock of the story she was watching. Scarlet, my darling, I don't know what to say. How could you keep this from me for so long? After all we've been through together, I thought you finally trusted me. Oh, Jarrett, I do trust you. It's all my fault. How can you possibly love me? I thought I could handle this on my own, but I simply can't live without you. Suddenly, Heidi felt her chair lurch forward, and someone pushed past her toward the television. It was Emily. Emily, when did you come in? exclaimed Heidi, jumping to her feet. Emily clicked the television off and whirled to face her friend. Heidi bellows, I'm surprised at you, she said, her eyes blazing. How can you sit and watch that, that junk? Your mother would be shocked if you knew you were taking in all that awful flim-flam. In a different setting, Heidi would have burst out laughing at Emily's vocabulary, but as it was, she could only stand and tremble in the face of Emily's stern rebuke. Immediately, she felt overcome with the shame and embarrassment of what she had been doing. Don't you know all that is make-believe? Emily continued, gesturing wildly toward the dark screen. Don't you know it'll suck you in and fill your mind with really bad stuff? I know because my Aunt Polly watches that stuff all the time. Mom says it's a trap of Satan, designed for weak women who ought to be doing their work instead of wasting time in fantasy land. Heidi hug, hung her head. I know, she said in a low voice. I mean, I didn't know, she paused. Well, I guess I did know at first, but then I wanted to see the next program. Her voice trailed away as a tear slid down her cheek and dripped off her chin. Oh, Emily, I feel so wicked. Emily's anger vanished as quickly as it appeared. She could not stand to see Heidi cry. We all do stupid things sometimes, she said, coming to stand next to Heidi. But promise me you'll never watch that terrible program again, okay? Heidi nodded, wiping at her face. I promise, she whispered, and she meant it to the very center of her soul. 
I don't know why I did it. I guess my own life seemed kind of plain, and everything on that show was exciting and beautiful. But now I see it was all a trap, and I'm glad to be rescued out of it. Emily hugged her friend tightly. We'd better get to work before Nurse Bates finds us, she said. By the way, where's Mrs. Higgins? I don't know, answered Heidi, looking around the room. For the first time, she noticed how empty it was. Mrs. Higgins' things were gone, and the bed was neatly made. She must have been sent home, said Emily. Just then, the girls heard a loud squeaking noise coming down the hall like a rusty wheel on a cart. The sound stopped outside the door of the room they were in. We have to hide, hissed Emily. She grabbed Heidi's arm and shoved her into the dark bathroom. She pulled the door nearly closed just as the door to the hallway opened. Someone entered, pulling the squeaky cart into the room. A moment later, the door opened again and someone else came in. How much do you need? A low voice spoke. Three hundred and fifty-three. Two hundred and fifty-three, a woman replied. Behind the bathroom door, the girls held their breath as they heard shuffling noises. A moment later, the second person left, her, left the room. After another minute, the person with the squeaky cart opened the door and went out. Heidi and Emily listened as the loud squeak faded down the hallway. Slowly, Emily opened the bathroom door and peered out, checking to be sure the room was empty. What do you think that was all about? asked Heidi, her eyes huge with curiosity. I'm not sure, answered Emily, but something strange is definitely going on. Let's get out of here. The girls came into the hallway just as Buddy, Michael, and Terrence were arriving at the elevators. It was time to leave. Heidi grabbed Emily's sleeve. Emily, please don't tell anyone, you know, about the television show. Emily's green eyes looked directly into Heidi's dark ones. Of course I won't, Heidi, she promised. That is, as long as you never watch that program again. Heidi let out a breath of relief. Never, she said to Emily. The two ran to catch the elevator before the doors closed. As the others chattered around her on the ride down to the lobby, Heidi leaned her forehead against the cool wall of the elevator. I'm so sorry, Heavenly Father, she prayed in her heart. Thank you for my faithful friend. Thank you for forgiving me. Please help me to guard my mind and heart from the evil of this world. When they got into Emily's van, Emily scrounged around on the back seat for a moment and then handed something to Heidi. It's our memory verse card from Sunday school, she said. I think it will help you. When Emily got home, she copied the verse into her journal, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things.